today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was a uh, another ugly night in many American cities last night. Uh, violence. Uh, some police officers have been shot. Fires have been set again. Uh, more arrests have been made. And uh, when a country is uh, is looking for leadership, when a country is looking for uh, uh, somebody who takes the the bull by the horns and says, "We need to talk about this. We need to." To, to console people, we need to bring people together, uh, like so many other presidents have done, uh, as as Reagan did in uh, the Challenger disaster, of course, as uh, George W. Bush did after 9-11 when he stood on the very site and talked about uh, America going forward, as Barack Obama did after Sandy Hook and some of those other great tragedies. tragedies rather. And then we have Donald Trump, and this is how he addressed a crisis situation. I am your president of law and order, Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. That was uh, Donald Trump. Uh, That's uh, his style of leadership, I suppose. Uh, joining us to talk about what's going on down there and uh, the, the president's uh, reactions to this, uh, Brian J. Karam. Brian is uh, the executive editor of Sentinel Newspapers and White House reporter for Playboy. And, of course, you've seen him many times as a political analyst on CNN. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Sure. Glad to be there. What's Talk to us about leadership. Talk to us about the way Donald Trump is handling this crisis all the way back from, well, last Monday when, when that tragedy occurred in Minnesota. Well, he's uh, he's handled it uh, as he's handled everything in his administration poorly. Um, this is, uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. He handled the coronavirus poorly. He called it a, 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 a hoax. When I asked him about it uh, back in March, he wouldn't even answer about how he was going to deal with it. Uh, back in February, when I asked him about it, he called, that's when he called it a, a hoax and then went to a, a rally that night and called it a hoax. And then after the violence, sorry, after the, the death and then the violence, the president has hidden the uh, bunker in the White House, turned the lights out. He's erected new fencing at the north edge of Lafayette Square, uh, kind of adding to the sense of a fortress around the White House. It's, uh, it's frightening to see the United States uh, react like a third-world banana republic and i've covered enough wars that and i've been in enough places it was frightening to me to watch a crowd last night get gassed prior to curfew just because the president wanted a photo op and um you know i I remember being in south america i remember being in the gulf war during times of strife and it had a very familiar it, it, it seemed very familiar to me and it was frightening that this is my country it's it's different. I know that in the last couple of days we've tried to you know historically bring some context to this, uh, you know, with the Detroit riots and, and Watts in Los Angeles back in the '60s and things of this nature. But this is this is nationwide, and and it's more deep seated. Uh, there's an awful lot of things historically, of course, that we can talk about here. But I'm glad, uh, for instance, I know guys on CNN, you guys have talked about this extensively. This is not just about the the, the tragic killing of George Floyd. That in and of itself is 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 monumental and and creating an awful 
lot of angst, certainly. But this is, as you've alluded to, Brian, this is also about the way that he dealt with COVID. This is about the unemployment. This is about the fact that, that the black community has been disproportionately impacted uh, by COVID-19. Uh, people are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. There was a lot of anger in this country before last Monday, wasn't there? Well, yeah, there, there's been a lot of and It goes straight to the racism of the president when you have riots in Charlottesville. And he says, you know, there are good people on both sides of it. He's embraced the KKK. The KKK endorsed him as president, and he took it. There isn't. Uh, this president is a racist. This president is dangerous. This president is a standing version of the Constitution of the United States. And until uh, something is done to deal with the divisiveness in this country, it's going to continue. And it isn't just about black and white. It isn't just about rich or poor. It's about all of it. And the president of the United States is, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what was the title of the movie? A Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. And I don't think that has, uh, I, I, I think each day the exacerbation of those issues causes more tension. And his reaction and his action last night, his uh, demeaning attitude, his divisiveness, his demissive, I mean, he, he dismisses everything that he doesn't, and he never admits a mistake. All of this has gotten people black, white, brown, pink, purple, green, everybody's upset. The only people that aren't upset are those people who are benefiting from it. And those are uh, those people have uh, uh, either deluded themselves because they're voting against their own self-interest or they have a lot of money or they're the evangelicals who enjoy and embrace some of the things that he's done. But I know evangelicals who who don't like him, but they'll put up with him because they like what he's doing for them. He's put together a, a, a coalition of people that have been um, marginalized in the corners of history, uh, have never had their uh, chance in sunlight, and that's because you see what they're about now. But, you know, those people who have been marginalized and shunted aside because of their beliefs are now getting the... Um, the limelight and they are mean-spirited they are divisive they are racist and they are dangerous the the selective nature of of what he puts out there is is got to be mind-boggling i mean you've been in the white house press corps for a number of years and how do, how do you handle a, a situation like that brian when when he blatantly lies and says no i never said that this was a hoax i never said i never said that this was that was you know going to be anything but what it is and and you've got the video evidence right in front of you you've seen it a hundred times and he's he's lying i i mean i i look at this incredulous look when, when you people in the white house press corps are there whether it's you or phil rucker for from the post or anything else you got to look at this guy and say i i this has got to be almost a surreal a atmosphere when you're trying to to get to the truth and get some answers yeah i i've asked him why do you lie to the american people so much and that he got upset about that and i've asked him how he can continue to lie to the american people and he's gotten upset about that um he tells me to sit down he, he's you know try to yank my press pass i had to sue him to keep it it's, it is a surreal atmosphere. It is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And death threats against journalists have increased as he's called us the enemy of the people and fake news. And the only thing fake is what he speaks. He, uh, he's great at projecting, and there are some people that have... There's a very tribal mentality among those people who support him, no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, you know, in the United States, we love our sports teams. 
we love the Washington Redskins. We may not like Dan Snyder, the owner. We may not like how they do, but we still cheer for the Redskins. And that's kind of the, the attitude among those who support Donald Trump. They may not like him. Uh, they may not like what he's doing. But, you know, by gum, that's their team, and they're going to stick by him. And that's frightening because politics is not a game. There are lives on the line. I, I've had friends of mine in the uh, reporting crew that have had to have um, bodyguards. I've had death threats. Uh, it's difficult at best to cover this president on any given day, frustrating on most days, and as you said, surreal in its implication that uh, truth doesn't matter to the president and to those who love him, it doesn't matter either. They can convince themselves of anything, and they do. Is this a breaking point in what we're watching happening now, uh, almost on a nightly basis, uh, that people are going to say... a breaking point when he got elected. Well, there was that. The United States is, I, I think the United States is fractured. I think if you look at the, uh, the regional response to the uh, COVID virus, when, you know, there were uh, PACs in the uh, western pack of states, there was the midwestern pack of states, uh, there was the... Uh, in the uh, and then two midwestern packs, northern Midwest, southern Midwest. There was a southern pack, a northern pack, mid-Atlantic pack. In the future, if something were to happen to the United States where it fractured and became more than one country, I think you would look at that as the root cause and where it all began. Now, hopefully, it's not so, but he has done his best to divide uh, the United States and conquer it, and it's that I think is is. What we need in the U.S. is someone who can just say, stop, we need to heal each other, we need to support one another, we're better together than we are separately, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, let's work together. Donald Trump is not the root cause of this. I maintain that the cause, you could go back to Nixon or Reagan, is the root. Reagan was a first one to embrace the radical right and by the way, Mitch McConnell, who is the architect of much of this disaster, is Ronald Reagan's legacy to the U.S. In the 1984 election, though it was a landslide, it was an orphan landslide. There was only one, they only picked up one seat in the Senate, the GOP, and that seat was Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell is about one thing, Mitch McConnell. Uh, he's as narcissistic as Trump, and the two of them are a danger. Mitch McConnell enables Donald Trump and uh, shepherds the GOP to the worst uh, sides of themselves. So this has been a long time coming, and he's the culmination of, uh, a, you know, like a, of a perfect political storm that's been brewing since the 80s. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work in the U.S. to bring us back together. Brian, you've seen this guy in action long before he, he assumed the position in the White House. Is he enjoying this? What's going on right now? The, the, you know, the... no. I think he's frightened. I really? Think he's scared. I think everything that Donald Trump does is based on fear, fear of being uh, found out to be the fraud that he is, fear of not being liked, fear of uh, failing, and everything he does is projecting outwards his fears. So when he's talking about you know uh, the media. It's, he's trying to discredit us because he's fearful we will say what he is. When he's talking to, um, when he's talking about the Democrats, it's because he's afraid they're going to say it. all of 
what Donald Trump does is I don't, is based on fear. I don't even think he wants to be president. I think he. Yeah, but the reason why he's running for re-election is he is scared to death that if he loses or when he loses, he will be indicted, and that drives that fear drives him. Which is one of the subtexts, of course, that uh, he would just love to, to cover up. I mean, it just seems that almost everything he does is to try to turn 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 the channel. I mean, get away from this. Uh, uh, COVID's been an, an utter failure. He understands that. Uh, that's why I was saying if he enjoys this, he embraces a situation like this to say, okay, look over here now. Stop worrying about that. Uh, forget about that for now. And now let's go over here. And he, you know, the, I can call out the army. I mean, this is, it's all about power for him, isn't it? Well, it's power uh, because he's he's fearful. Think of it. A, a confident person who's competent does not act the way that Donald Trump does. A scared person with power acts the way Donald Trump does. And he carries on, and it will carry on for some time, obviously, with what's happening. Uh, we, I, I, do you see an end to this? Do you see, is there a culmination here? Is there a, it's not going to be Donald Trump that's going to try to heal the nation, but uh, do, do they have to wait till November 3rd to try to, to, to cross that bridge? I pray we make it to November 3rd. Right now it's getting worse by the day, and God knows the COVID virus hasn't gone away. He, you're right, he tries to shuffle issues from one side to the other to keep you, you know, blue smoke and mirrors. Don't watch what the right hand's doing. Look at the left hand. Don't look at the left hand or the right hand. Look at the toes. Oh, look across the street. Squirrel! I mean, that's his. That's the only way he has of keeping this going. Chaos in a blender is how I describe it, and it's going to continue until... Uh, until November 3rd, and um, it, might, it might continue after that if he's reelected. You started this conversation off about what happened last night, and that may well be the, def the, the, the defining picture that we remember Donald Trump basically saying, I want a photo op over there, clear those people out of there, gas, you know, tear these, these were demonstrators, these were not rioters. Uh, but, you know, they were attacked with tear gas and, and forced back by police on horseback in some situations, basically so he could walk across the, the street with Bill Barr and get a photo taken in front of a church. That that speaks an awful lot about the character of the man, doesn't it? Or the lack of character, I would yeah. say. Yes, I was there. I watched that. It was um, disgusting. Um, I, I watched people get gassed and run. Uh, they had set a curfew at 7, and at 6.30 they moved him out of the way so the president could walk over and get his photo op. It was absolutely frightening. Well, it's it's tragic to see what's going on with uh, our neighbors, uh, to who we've grown up with, of course, from you know, country to country. It's through it. <laughs> it is. Brian, a little uh, prayer for us. Hope we make it through. <laughs> every day, Brian, every day. Listen, stay healthy, stay, uh, stay intact. Somebody has to be there, and uh, you're one of those people that tells the story, and we need you. Uh, so we'll talk again soon. I appreciate your time today, Brian. Sure, Bill. Glad to be here. Take care. Brian Karam, of course, executive editor of Sentinel Newspapers and a CNN uh, political analyst. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.